So my thinking became, how might we address those concerns? What if we design a community solar template and sent out a multi-market RFP and required respondents to use that template? Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Smart Energy Voices. I'm John Fiella, founder of Smart Energy Decisions. If you haven't already done so, we'd be really thankful if you'd take a couple of minutes to leave us a five-star review on your preferred podcast player. Today, we're excited to share the opening keynote from our recent Renewable Energy Forum featuring Amy Bond, Sustainability Sourcing Manager at T-Mobile. In her talk, Amy presents actionable tips for navigating obstacles to success in implementing sustainability strategies, including her experience in executing Sprint's first virtual power purchase agreement. I know you'll leave this podcast episode with insights you can apply to your own sustainability journey. So let's go ahead and dive in. As we kick things off, I need to ask you all a favor. I need you to answer a question in your mind. It's a very simple question. Where were you and what were you doing in 2008? Now, I'm going to give you some visual cultural reference points here. Iron Man, the first one, that was very popular at the time. Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl was climbing the charts. And of course, Barack Obama was our 44th president of the United States. Lesser known fact, that is the year I started working for Sprint and launched my sustainability career. Lesser known fact. So early on, I earned my lead accreditation. I certified three buildings. I launched an alternative commute program. I launched a waste diversion program and basically had my hand up for anything green. Now, to say that you had a career in energy and sustainability in 2008 was not widely understood, at least not in the Midwest where I'm from, and certainly not by my mother. But one day she called me and she invited me to a lecture by a woman named Simran Sethi because she knew Simran to be a green gal and she thought I might be interested in what she had to say. And Simran Sethi was, in fact, a rising superstar in this space. She was Oprah Winfrey's go-to tree hugger, if you will. In fact, she launched the website treehugger.com. So yes, I was really thrilled to go, excited that my mom invited me, but I, I didn't quite believe her when she said she wanted to introduce me to Simran after the lecture because they were friends. She'd met her once at a university dinner, and hey, Simran sent her emails. And I didn't have the heart to tell my mom how mass email distribution lists work, but I was regretting that decision after the lecture because now my mom was going to try to introduce me to Simran and she would have no idea who my mother was. It was going to be super, super embarrassing. So we're in line, we're next to meet her, and I'm dying inside because I know this is going to be so embarrassing and awkward, right? 
but I hope you can see where this setup is going, right? I'm there to meet my hero, and Simran looks right past me, sees my mom, and goes, Sue, oh my God, it is so great to see you. How are you? I didn't know you were going to be here. They're hugging. They're talking about gardening and how excited Simran is that she got an offer of tenure at the university thanks to my mom. So what's my point? Some leaders are obvious, like Simran Seti. And some, like my mom, pictured here at about the same age as Simran, are a little more behind the scenes, right, in their approach. They're a little more stealth, and they lead from within. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this afternoon. And more specifically, what are some of the obstacles to successfully leading from within? And what are the strategies that I've learned in my time at Sprint and now T-Mobile to surmounting getting over those obstacles? So before we get into what those obstacles can be, we need just a brief snapshot of T-Mobile, right? Who are we? I, I hope you know what we are, goodness. But do you know who we are? T-Mobile is America's fastest and largest 5G network. We are the second largest telecommunications provider with 109 million customers. And if you're one of them, thank you so much. We love our customers. We're supported by about 75,000 full and part-time employees, 60% of whom are people of color, 11% of whom self-identify as veterans, individuals with disabilities, or LGBTQA. We are headquartered in Bellevue, Washington, with additional corporate offices in Kansas, Texas, Georgia, and Virginia. Our mission is to be the best in the world at connecting our customers to their world. And here are a few more interesting stats that are really appropriate for this afternoon's conversation. We are the first and only U.S. wireless company to have set a goal to be 100% sourced for electricity from renewables by 2021, which we achieved. We set that goal in 2018 and joined RE100 when less than 10% of our energy would have qualified. That meant we had to supercharge our strategy to reach that goal in just four years. We've signed 3.5 million megawatt hours of renewable energy contracts. We made the CDP Climate A list, and we spend about $3 billion, billion with a B, every year with diverse suppliers. Now, all those great stats didn't just happen. I had the opportunity to work on some of those energy projects, and I can tell you that every single one of them absolutely had obstacles. And we're going to talk today about what I believe are the three most common. Obstacle number one, miscommunication of a project or an initiative. I'd like to illustrate this one with a personal story. So when my two youngest children were aged four and six, they were watching TV one evening, and I was cleaning up from dinner. It was a hearth room kitchen, so I could absolutely see what they were watching, and it was the show Heroes. If anybody remembers the show Heroes? This is 2005, so there's no streaming. Content is fresh, and I don't know if you're familiar with the series, but in this particular episode, at the end of the episode, a female cheerleader is kissing another female cheerleader. So my son slowly turns his head towards me, and my daughter, who'd been watching her brother to gauge, gauge his reaction, also turns to face me. It's like Spielberg was directing. And my son goes, Mom, why are those girls kissing like that? I thought, oh, 
a teachable moment. What is age appropriate? So I said something like, you know, sweetie, it's like vegetables. Grandma loves Brussels sprouts. I don't. I am more of a lima bean kind of gal. But Grandma enjoying Brussels sprouts in no way interferes with my enjoying lima beans. You see what I mean? And my six-year-old son goes, Grandma's gay? <laughs> Papa no? So you see what happened there? There was some miscommunication about my explanation to my audience. They already had some information and an opinion to which I was unaware. And I tell you that this happens in business all the time. And it really happens when you're trying to lead a project from within. So last year at T-Mobile, for example, I was trying to get my management excited about community solar programs. When I joined the T-Mobile Injury and Sustainability team, we only had one in our portfolio. And I thought that if we could optimize our approach, we could really realize some significant savings, right? And that could go to the purchase of our renewable energy certificates. T-Mobile has an all-of-the-above approach to renewable energy procurement, and we built a large portfolio of different technologies, geographies, and sizes. We have eight virtual power purchase agreements, 19 retail agreements, one green direct power agreement. And our vast uh, VPPAs from our wind farms that are in Illinois and Texas and Kansas and Oklahoma, we have giant wind farms in Virginia and Texas. These projects alone are contracted to provide enough electricity to T-Mobile that would power 313,000 homes a year. But there is still a gap between the renewable energy certificates generated by these projects and what we need to meet our renewables goal, our vast electricity footprint. So that leaves us purchasing non-project RECs to fill that gap. Why not use community solar savings to offset that cost? Initially, I received considerable pushback on my enthusiasm because my company's previous experience had been one of lengthy negotiations from a weak negotiating position for relatively small results. So, like my son, my audience already had some information and an opinion. So my thinking became, how might we address those concerns? What if we designed a community solar template and sent out a multi-market RFP and required respondents to use that template, and we requested them to include non-project recs with their offers, and what if we partnered with a trusted consultant to manage this new strategy? That was new information, a new approach that worked to dispel initial resistance. What were the results? The execution timeline was cut by more than 50%. What had taken 14 months to deal with one supplier in one state for five projects and about $2 million worth of savings now only took six months with five developers in six states for 32 additional agreements that were delivering $25 million worth of savings and additional five million dollars of non-project recs. Thank you, Chuck Norris. <laughs> to reduce the impact of obstacle number one, listen for misunderstandings and pre-existing bias and find workarounds for projects you believe in. Obstacle number two, viewing challenges as problems versus opportunities. Now, 
Lest you think that phrase is trite, in his current CNN show, Finding Italy, host Stanley Tucci recently declared, you know, Venetians always see challenges as opportunities. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to be a little more Venetian. That sounds nice. Several years ago, I traveled to Alaska, and while not Italy, it was a magnificent trip. And one day, I'd signed up for group kayak lessons on a glass-like body of water in Denali National Park. It was a warm day, showed up in a sweatshirt and some khaki shorts, and this is a beginner's class. So the instructor is going along showing all of us how to adjust the pedals in our kayak. If any of you have kayaked, it sort of helps brace you or give you a position in the kayak. So this is as far down at the squat as I can do. And I'm sitting in the kayak and I'm waiting for the instructor to come along. And she comes by and she's reaching down into the kayak, down my legs and down where my feet are. She screams. Ah! And we're looking at each other. And she goes, do you shave your legs? And I said, yes. And she goes, oh my God, we don't get that a lot in Alaska. <laughs> so I thought my personal grooming was a kindness, right? An opportunity, if you will, for her. But for her, it was a challenge because her first thought was that some critter had made a home in the kayak and was a threat to her. So it's all about your lens, right, and how you're viewing the situation. So one example I can give from my time at T-Mobile is when I first met my Duke Energy Renewable Strategic Account Manager last year, Cheryl. As you saw in the video, Duke signed Sprint's first VPPA in 2019, which we announced at this very conference. And Cheryl wanted to get to know me a little bit. And she said, you know, what is top of mind for you now? Now that several years have passed since signing that VPPA, what's on your mind? And I said, you know, I am really homing in on supplier diversity. It is a business imperative for T-Mobile. It is a KPI within our procurement organization. And I asked her, what's Duke doing? What is Duke Energy doing to ensure a just and equitable transition away from fossil fuels to a clean energy future? I meant it as an opportunity to open dialogue and collaborate on this important issue. But, you know, Cheryl could have heard that as a challenge, as something negative, or a criticism even. And I absolutely loved her response because she said, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. We pulled together a two-day business roundtable discussion with her other corporate accounts, with Duke, of course, with T-Mobile supplier diversity professionals and three diverse-owned businesses in the clean energy sector. And from those discussions, it drove the formation of the Diversity in Clean Energy, or DICE, coalition, which was originally supported by Duke, T-Mobile, Kroger, GM, and Microsoft. It has a visionary outcome to advocate and open doors for diverse-owned businesses that operate with the clean energy value chain, from our collaboration and collective influence. This platform, this new tool that I want you to think about is like Yelp meets LinkedIn light for clean energy, will be a way for minority business enterprise to elevate and market themselves to clean energy buyers like T-Mobile and like all of you. In the interest of time, I'm going to ask that you seek out like the DICE podcast that was produced by SED and go to our website to learn more. Our website, which launched just a few months ago, and the URL is on the business cards that are scattered on your table there, is something you'll definitely want to check out. 
and the interactive platform, this Yelp meets LinkedIn Lite, we have just hired our platform developer and it's set to launch at the end of third quarter of this year. Now, when you visit the website, because I know you will, you're going to see a testimonial from my chief procurement officer. And in true uncarrier fashion, he throws a little competitive shade at AT&T and Verizon, but it's all in good fun. And when I first asked his communications director if he would do the, the video, he was a little hesitant, said, you know, your CPO doesn't like to be on camera, but he absolutely believes in the power and the importance of equity and engagement throughout the supply chain. And it didn't hurt that my name had come across his desk 32 times last year with all of those community solar deals, right? So I'd spent the previous year building some trust. Challenges can be scary. And sometimes you're going to want to scream at the obstacles that you find in your path. But when you focus on building trusted relationships, it's amazing what you can accomplish together. All right, last one. Feeling a lack of agency or an ability to influence. So when I was 14 years old, I started driving lessons. And after a couple of weeks, my dad wanted to see how I was progressing. So he drove us to a giant church parking lot that was near our home, and we switched seats, and he said, you know, drive around a little bit. Let me, let me see how you're doing. So put her around the church parking lot, and I tell you, not it was just a couple of minutes, and my dad says in not the friendliest tone, God, stop the car. So I did, and we changed places, and my dad grabbed onto that steering wheel like he owned it, which of course he did. And he drove around that parking lot like a man possessed. Thank God we were in a church parking lot. I think it's the only thing that saved us. He was driving down to the edge and stopping, backing up and stopping, turning left, turning hard right. And he finally stops the car, puts it in park and says, look, you drive the car. The car does not drive you. Metaphor for life, anyone? He passed away two years ago next month from a life well-lived. And I so often think of those two sentences when I'm starting a new journey. And that was certainly the case when I was pitching several VPPAs to Sprint Leadership about four years ago. My responsibilities had expanded since 2008 and now included building energy optimization, energy procurement, and I managed a small team of energy professionals. But after just about a year and yet another reorg, we all know what that's like, I was again an individual contributor. So I thought, wow, VPPAs, how am I going to have any sway or any influence with C-suite executives? What's that going to look like? So I quickly realized that any chance of success would require that I become a project expert, champion, and influencer. I'd need confidence behind the wheel to drive this initiative forward. And fortunately, I had recently been introduced to John Fiala in Smart Energy Decisions. I attended my first innovation summit in Austin in 2018. The education and networking ignited at that event resulted in Sprint signing two VPPAs just 18 months later. Thanks to the resources of SED, I gained the product and process knowledge needed to lead our internal team to success. And it's a good thing, too, because I found myself quite literally at the table with our chief operations officer. I was not only pitching VPPA investment, but leveraging that decision to commit to new energy and environmental corporate goals. 
This merger with T-Mobile, it was not a sure thing. And Sprint had to be prepared with a plan B. And I wanted that plan to be green. So when the COO asked me directly, what additional value could we glean from these VPPA investments? I said, you know, that's funny you should ask because I pulled a list of goals from my pocket that I had written literally just an hour before with my manager. (laughs) And I said, let's talk about these. And they were published just a few months later. Be prepared. Six months later, Sprint was acquired by T-Mobile, nearly doubling our carbon footprint. The two VPPAs that Sprint was able to sign, the legacy projects, offset 30% of the energy we were bringing in to the new company. And I'm very proud to say that they were a key component in T-Mobile reaching its RE100 pledge just last year. So there you have it. Three obstacles and the three strategies to overcome them. It's simple, right? You're going to have even more success because you're here. You're here at this conference. And whether it's your first time or it's a repeat visit, it's so important that you are here. Because I have to tell you, those Sprint VPPA success stories are so 2019. Sure, we had to to consider project economics, additionality, geography, everything else is on the left side of that slide. It was absolutely challenging and complicated. But the renewables market, as John just said, and we all have been experiencing, is only getting more complicated. Continuing education is essential as we learn to navigate interconnection issues, pandemics, supply chains, equity, environmental justice, and so much more. You are going to bring home an idea or an initiative or a new relationship that you can commit to. I challenge you to pull your team together and be prepared to lead wherever you live on the organization chart. Practice active listening for constructive feedback on your project. Hear objections and challenges as opportunities for growth and improvement. So there's only three things you need to remember from this short presentation. And that's Brussels sprouts, kayaks, and steering wheels. Thanks so much. Amy, thanks very much for being our opening keynote speaker and your additional support as a Smart Energy Decisions Advisory Board member. We look forward to your continued progress and success. I'd also like to thank you, our community of listeners, for tuning into the podcast and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. To learn more about how you can become a part of the next Smart Energy Decisions event, just click on the link in the show notes for details. We're honored to have the opportunity to share conversations with leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. 
To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. 